Hello all and welcome. God bless you. We hope you're having a great week so far. One of the things that we hope is getting stronger in your life is your faith. Faith in the Lord is vital to our spiritual walk and growth. Without faith, not many things can be accomplished or achieved, and even more precisely, without faith in the Lord, we will never see God's power nor receive God's promises. If our faith is not set on the Lord in its entirety, we may accomplish certain temporary things here on earth, but we will never receive God's blessings here, and least of all, in eternity. We'll talk more about this a little further ahead. But right now, I would like to encourage you to pray for places that are lacking stability. There are many countries throughout the world that do not have the stability that some of us do enjoy. I'm not talking about having everything you want and that some of our lives will be perfect because that will never happen. What I'm talking about are places where there is mass uncertainty and instability and that things are just too way out of control, like many of the nations in Africa, such as South Sudan and Somalia, or like nations in the Middle East, such as Yemen and Syria. A little closer to our American continent, we have Nicaragua and Venezuela. I'm talking about such uncertainty that a large group of people in the country don't know what will happen given a certain day, that just about anything can happen, and people may need to flee for their lives at a given moment. I would like to further encourage you to be thankful to the Lord if you do live in a stable region of the world, because that is an incredible gift. There is something to be said to live in a place where you can afford to have some sort of structure, where you can safely plan and predict your life, of course, within certain levels. So we cannot forget about those that truly need our prayers and our practical support, however it is we're able to help. So having said that, let's pray for these different places, for God's saving grace to spread to them, and to ask God to give each of us wisdom and understanding so we can be able to help in a practical manner. You should always remember this, to whom much is given, much is required. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, I praise you and I worship you for you are worthy to be praised and you're worthy to be exalted. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the salvation that we have through Him. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus humbly that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs, Lord God. Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus for these, for these different places that are just in such turmoil, Lord God. Heavenly Father, there are many of them all around the world, Lord God. And sometimes it's even just hard to focus on just a few because there's just a lot of things that are going wrong in a lot of different places, Lord. We pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, for, for the countries that we have mentioned, for, for South Sudan, for Somalia, for Yemen, Lord God, for Syria, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we pray for people in Nicaragua and Venezuela. Lord God, Heavenly Father, please have mercy. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit may be able to, to enter these places and thrive and, and just be able to give that peace that surpasses understanding that only you can give through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray for salvation. We pray for your saving grace. We pray, Lord God, Heavenly Father, that miracles may happen in these places. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you help us, O Lord, to see clearly that if we are enjoying some sort of stability wherever we are, that we may be thankful for that, that we may not take it for granted, Lord God. And Heavenly Father, those of us that do have those places, 
that we are living in some sort of stability somewhere. Help us to keep in mind those that do not have it. And help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to be able to have a heart, to be able to give and to help in any way we can. Heavenly Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you may give us the clear understanding, O Lord, of your word, that you may minister us through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you may help us, O Lord, to just cling on to what you want to say to us. Pray for everyone that's listening, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Faith is something essential. You can't really live without faith because our whole life depends on faith. Most, if not all, things in life require a measure of faith because there are so many unknowns, especially if you truly understand the uncertainty that exists in this life. I believe many people naively think that they are in control and that they know how things will turn out. But there are so many moving parts to everything all around us that anything can go wrong. But the greatest reality every person should meditate in is where they have placed their faith. Is your faith on the Lord or is it on something else that is just as uncertain as your own existence? Today's key passage can be found in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14 to 20 and verses 32 to 37. We could read a lot more, but we will try to concentrate on the parts that will help us understand the concept we want to focus on. And this is what we read. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I pray, save us from his hand, that all the nations of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. And we will jump down to verse 32, where it says this, Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and he shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will defend the city, to save it for my own sake, and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass in a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out, and killed in the camp of the Assyrians one hundred and eighty-five thousand. And when people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained in Nineveh. Now it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the temple of Nisroch, his god, that his sons, Adramelech and Shevrezer, struck him down with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Ararat. Then Ezrahaddon, his son, reigned in his place. If we simplified this to the most basic of concepts, 
These verses talk about a very trying episode in King Hezekiah's life. Basically, there is this mighty army of the Assyrians that is taking over many of its surrounding kingdoms and nations, and it seems like nothing can stop them. And this king of Assyria has set his eyes on the kingdom of Judah and has blasphemed God. King Hezekiah looks to the Lord for help, and the Lord answers back saying, everything will be fine. And God basically obliterates the entire army, thousands upon thousands of soldiers found dead overnight. And Sennacherib is forced to go back home, where he is then killed by his own kids. So even a more simple version is a person has a serious problem. They look for the Lord, and the Lord resolves the matter miraculously. Well, what do we say to this? Maybe some of you might say, that was then, and this is now. And yes, centuries have passed since then, but that does not mean that miracles can't happen today. And here is where the first building block of faith needs to be erected. Can we believe God's word? As reassurance, the Bible is not just a book filled with teachings and doctrine. It is an amazing work that contains historical facts. This event did happen. This wasn't a fairy tale. These things did in fact happen. Now, secular historians may not recount the the story as an act of God, like it happens many times, but that does not mean that it didn't occur. At the end of the day, faith is a decision. Either you believe it or you don't. However, if you do make the decision to believe the Word of God, then you should hang on to this truth. For it is written, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Things on this planet may change, but God does not change. If he did incredible things before, he can most certainly do them today. No problem. There are miracles at every moment in our lives and around us, but we are so desensitized by the movement of God that we just don't notice them. Or even far worse, we take them for granted and assign glory to something else. If there is ever an injustice in the world, is taking the great work that God does and giving glory to something else that had nothing to do with it. Think about some of the miracles that happen at every moment. Think about the involuntary action of your heart beating and your lungs breathing. Science can try to explain how things work, but science itself has no power to create the very things it tries to explain. So with every heartbeat and every breath, you are a living example of God's miracles. You are alive because God wills it. So once you establish within yourself to believe in the Word of God and that He can do anything, regardless of what era we're living in, you are on your way to building faith on something, or better yet, on someone that is immovable and unchangeable. The second thing we could look at is at the life of Hezekiah himself. What was this man like? In 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 1 to 8, we can catch a glimpse of what he was like, where it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, the son of Ella, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image, and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel 
burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all of the kings of Judah, nor were who before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. He subdued the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from watchtower to fortified city. So we read that Hezekiah did what was right before the Lord. What does that mean? He followed God's principles and lived them out in his life. There is a huge difference between knowing something intellectually and applying that knowledge to everyday life. We read that he did away with idolatry in his country. So not only did he follow what was pleasing to God, but he used his power and his influence to help others steer away from those things that offend God. We read that he trusted in the Lord God and that he held on to the Lord. He followed the Lord. He kept God's commandments. So he led a life of obedience. And we read that the Lord was with him and that he prospered wherever he went. That sounds pretty promising, right? I think everyone would prefer to prosper, right? I don't think anyone likes to fail. I don't like to fail. I don't think you like to fail either. Well, we read the example in this man, a person just like you and me, that he prospered wherever he went because he was faithful to the Lord. So let's continue putting things together. If we believe in the Word of God and we live it out in our lives, believing that God never changes, and we believe in our hearts that if God worked in Hezekiah's life, then he can most certainly work in ours. We just might prosper in everything we do. Let's look at the prospering thing a little bit more, if you will. The Bible teaches us this in Psalm 1, where it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in his season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, underline, shall prosper. Going by what we read, there is blessing for the person that does not live their life by the counsel or the advice of those that don't believe or fear God. There is blessing for the person that does not walk in the path of sinners, those that oppose God knowingly. There is blessing for the person that does not sit or settle themselves on things that mock God. We understand further that this person that is blessed by God delights in God's law or word. They think about it all the time. And as part of God's blessing on them, their lives will be situated in places that will help them live and grow stronger and that their lives will produce good things and that they will always be fine in one way or another. And finally, we read that whatever they do will prosper. That's a promise. And so, if we take it all in and we truly understand what this Hezekiah was about, he didn't do things for for God, for the sake of wanting to just have a good life. Although that can very well be a product of that. But rather, his life thrived because of his faith, his belief, his conviction, and dependence on the Lord. 
And if God does not change, then the same could happen with anyone that follows suit. As something to think about deeply, my advice to you would be that if you really want for your life to be different and that you want to experience God's blessings, because it can happen in different ways, put your faith in the Lord, but fully and completely. Give the Lord that first place in your life. Believe His Word, what He says. Believe that He doesn't change and that everything is possible for Him and through Him. Live out His Word in your life. Apply God's principles to every aspect of your life. And whenever you need to face any kind of challenge, don't put your faith on things that are uncertain. Rather, put your faith on the Lord that loves you, that cares for you, that only wants the very best for you. Because this is a reality of this life. You are not going to live forever. People will fail you, even when they don't mean to. Money has its limitations, so it cannot fix everything. Human power is many times an illusion. And your own abilities have their limits as well. And going even further, only the Lord can guarantee you eternal life. In the end, wouldn't you want to be prospered in different ways while here on earth? And even more importantly, in eternity? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you because you are truly a good and wonderful God. Because, Lord, you are a God that wants to bless those that follow you. Heavenly Father, we know that your word is true. I believe it, Lord God, with all my heart. And I believe, Lord God, that so many things in my, so many good things in my life wouldn't have happened if I didn't put my faith in you. Heavenly Father, help us to truly understand that what you want is what's best for us. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that you want to do great things in our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, to have that conviction that if we that if we remain in you, if we follow you, if we, if we apply your word in our lives, that Heavenly Father, that, that things can change, that things can be better, Lord God, that we can, we can have a great impact in our lives and around us, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to have such a faith and such a conviction, O oh Lord God, that we may just truly live out what you want us to do. Heavenly Father, just help us to understand it through and through without any doubt, Lord God. And again, I give you thanks because you love us and because you care for us, O Lord. Heavenly Father, again, I pray for each person that is listening, that they may have this true conviction and that love may grow out of that conviction for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.